You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of The Chicago Audible, episode number 450, coming straight to you from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, I know there is a little bit of a different vibe here today. Compared to yesterday, there are no Bears coaches or Ryan Pace to talk to, and we went from tight end, quarterback, wide receiver, to two hours of offensive linemen, and then one hour of running backs. Uh, But we expected a slightly different vibe today, right? Uh, More of a kind of uh, a low-key type of day? Yeah, you can definitely see that just here at the scouting combine. It was You're not seeing the large groups that you would see for like a Joe Burrow or a Jake Fromm, things like that. Although some some offensive linemen did, uh, you know, get some of those crowds, but it was a little bit laid back. We were able to, you know, speak with a lot of uh, prospects here, but it was kind of nice, especially after our long day yesterday. And, you know, obviously we have another day today, so it was pretty low-key, though. Yeah, Nick's running on a little bit of sleep here for the past couple of nights. I think he definitely deserves a a good night's sleep here after today to kind of get back to not 100% tomorrow, but maybe like 80 85%. But, again, today I don't think we have a ton of information to share with you at the Combine, but golly, we're here. We said we're going to crank out a podcast every day, and we're going to stick to it. Sound right? Sounds about right. All right, so let's go ahead and begin today's show with the offensive linemen. We got word from a few that they have met with the Bears in some fashion, and we'll make sure to let you know who those players are. And, heck, let's just go ahead and begin with one of those, and that is Ben Bartsch. He's an offensive tackle out of St. John's. Uh, He did meet with the Bears, and he's right now, if you want to look at his draft production, a third or a fourth round. Now, the first thing I heard when I kind of got to uh, his podium in the conference room was him talking about Michael Jordan, which was a... Hey, a really good first impression for me, of course, growing up a Bulls fan. Uh, and on top of that, he was mentioning the Senior Bowl, and he thought he proved that he wasn't, and I quote, a small school scrub. And he was talking about his time at St. John's, how he began at tight end, and then he balked up to transition to tackle. That took a lot of work, took some extra meals, extra planning. And then he also uh, made sure to jot out that it was a lot of dedication in the weight room as well. He mentioned he had a small injury during that senior bowl week, which he did help rise his draft stock a little bit. So he's not going to work out at the combine, but he will be full at his pro day. And then I know there's one funny story he mentioned to you and I by the time you got over there. He's talking about in track and when he was first running track and he didn't know that he can actually move to like the inside lane. So he just kept staying in like the outside eighth lane all the way around the track. And uh, he didn't know he could switch. He kept gassing himself out for no reason there. But just a small little funny. But I thought 
uh, Ben's energy and the charisma that he kind of displayed himself with, especially for such a small school prospect, uh, stood out to me for sure. How about you? Yeah, when I was there um, a little bit later in his uh, his talk with the media, I heard him say that he had a couple blocks that just took the air out of uh, some some the defensive players that he was going against. And you want to see that physicality, obviously, at the offensive line uh, position. But, yeah, he did have, you know, just a personality that seemed inviting. And obviously telling the stories that he's doing is just allowing us to get to know him a little bit more. And that's exactly what this process is for. But like you said, the Bears did meet with him. So Bears are just doing, doing their due diligence at looking for an offensive lineman that can possibly, you know, fit the, one of their needs that they have right now. Now, I know when you're looking at Barch's like, draft profile and looking into a scouting report, they mentioned that he does have uh, some work to be done. He's still a little bit raw, of course, anytime you're taking a big jump from like the St. John's level all the way up to the NFL. Uh, that's going to take some time to adjust. And like I say, he's projected to go anywhere from the third to the fifth round. Would you be okay if the Bears used a third-round pick on him? Or is that someone that they're probably doing their homework on if he fell to kind of get some extra depth up front? Because obviously – in my mind, a third-round pick on an offensive tackle that is still raw and needs work kind of worries me a little bit with the Bears. Well, they have decent draft capital this year, but still plenty of other needs, I think, that need to be filled first. Yeah, I'm wondering with uh, however the compensatory pick, which is slotted for that fourth round, maybe that's where you can look to draft someone that is not looking to start, um, is going to need some work progressing into transitioning to the NFL game. So maybe that would be an area where you can possibly take a guy like this, but we know the Bears need a right guard right now. Um, and a lot of these, see, with a lot of these linemen too, you just don't know if they're going to actually play at that their original position that they played in, in college. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with a lot of these prospects. But yeah, I think maybe that fourth round, if obviously the Bears have addressed some of their bigger, well, the guard is a big need, but if they've addressed, um, you you know some of those holes you can possibly use one of those picks to take a lineman well there is someone else who's still slotted to go in around the same time frame and that is Matt Hennessy uh he's an offensive lineman out of Temple he did meet with the Bears it was an informal interview he did make sure to reiterate that to us when we did ask him this question um, but during his time at Temple I know he played all over the line but primarily at center and that experience he talked about how it helps him see the whole picture of a defense and it's kind of a boost to him when he is playing guard because he can kind of leverage that knowledge he sees a, d a defense now through a different lens uh, through that experience at center uh, he was talking about his brother uh, he plays for the Jets he's actually their long snapper I was going to him just a little bit as well um, but what he learned from his brother is that he just needs to bring value to a franchise so I did take a moment to ask him well what's going to be your value to it you know whoever drafts you what's your value and he said uh, a, it's the ability to get to the first and the second level of a defense as well as read a defense, and that he's a hardworking leader inside of the locker room and believes he can be a leader for the, not just an offensive line but for an entire team. Uh, is there anything that stood out to you uh, without with Matt Hennessy that was during your time over at his podium? Um, so I think the big thing is just being able to get up to that First, you know that second level, showing that mobility, and especially with what the Bears are trying to do with their offensive linemen, a lot of outside inside zone. You have to be able to move as an offensive lineman. So showing that um, he's capable of doing that, that's just gonna one make the Bears maybe uh, a little bit more interested in him as opposed to maybe a guard that is strictly in a power zone scheme. But it still doesn't you know mean that the Bears won't look into it. But I thought that was um, something to take note of as we're looking at which prospects the Bears are deciding to meet with.
Right. And what I like about Hennessy a little bit, <laughs> I say that, I'm like, well, uh, Hennessy the player a little bit uh, is the fact that he is a little bit more seasoned. He's a little bit more polished. He's known for having a really refined technique and he's really strong on the fundamentals. And I think if you're looking at someone in the third, fourth round who p- does project as someone who can play guard, he may be a really strong option and candidate for the Bears. So, you know, I know they took that informal route and you can take, you know, formal versus informal with any grains of salt you want here at the Combine. But he's someone that I'm looking at uh, as we continue to go through this draft process. And something that stood up to me, uh, and I didn't know this until today, is that he did have three different offensive line coaches during his time at Temple. But he still thrived. And he actually kind of took a really strong approach to this where he said he was able to learn a lot from each and every one of these coaches and some different things, uh, which I know that has to be such a tough position for any college kid, any football player really, to go through three positional coaches, three offensive systems throughout those years. But he did take a really strong approach, and I like his attitude towards it, You know, saying that it's helped him become a more well-rounded and better player because that's such a difficult situation. And it sounds like he took, you know, made the best of it. Anything else on Hennessy you wanted to mention? Uh, no, let's get into our, our next prospect that we have on here. All right, so Lucas Niang, he's an offensive tackle out of TCU. He did not meet with the Bears. He's projected to go in the fourth round. Uh, he's someone that had a hip injury in 2018. It kind of affected him through that season as well as 2019. He does think that playing through it, uh, he kind of proved that he is mentally tough, that he can play through pain and injury. Uh, he just went as long as his body said he can go, and I think he said it was last year at the game versus Texas that he's just like, that's it. I can't give it you know, any more than I have so far. Uh, he's aggressive. He's, he mentioned he always aims to finish forward, finish every play, and he's not working here at the Combine as he's still recovering from that hip, but he does want to go full at his pro day. Uh, so when you're looking at Lucas, obviously another offensive tackle projection. We have some people going to the bathroom here in front of us, just in case you're hearing the uh, chambering in the background. But anyway, Lucas Niang, offensive tackle, TCU. Any insight? Yeah, so um, he did really address about uh, just that mental toughness was a big thing for him. Obviously, going through the injury that he he went through, you're going to have to develop that. And what it also made him do, and there it goes in the background noise, and it's expected we're we're in a hallway here. Um, What it had him do is he had to adjust actually his game um, just technique-wise because he wasn't able to really pass block the way that he normally would. So, um, But what that also created given him an opportunity to was just be a better run blocker in 2019 as opposed to 2018 because he wasn't able to pass block as efficiently so in 2019 he was a better run blocker that's what he said and then in 2018 he was a better pass blocker so hopefully once the injury heals up he's able to you know take both of what he learned in both seasons and kind of put them together and maybe just be a a better all-around player. Yeah, absolutely. And what you saw, too, when he was getting asked questions about the injury and having to shut himself down, you can tell that that's not how he wanted to end his collegiate career, but he's excited that his body's right. He's he's able to take this next step to the pros uh, from a healthy standpoint instead of playing through it all the way his senior year and being more behind the eight ball here coming through the draft process. Moving forward, uh, Solomon Kindly. He's an offensive guard out of Georgia. He, uh, he did not meet with the Bears. He's projected to go anywhere in the first three rounds. And I want to preface this by saying don't take too much stock in his last name because he's anything but kind when he's out there. He did uh, classify himself as a mauler type of offensive lineman. Uh, that mentality kind of comes from always proving people wrong. And they did ask about Jake Fromm, who we talked to yesterday, and he called him you know, his guy, which, of course, he's going to say that it's his quarterback uh, there at college. But just wanted to reiterate that. 
that. And then outside, I think they asked him, what do you need to work on? And he said, you know, hand placement. And then outside of that, he thinks he has all the tools and the intangibles to go out there and succeed. Anything from Solomon Kindly that you would like to mention here on the show? I don't know if I was there with you, Will. They all blend together. Yeah, they all do. But uh, I wasn't there to, uh, I think, listen to Solomon Kindly. But obviously when you hear that, you know, Jake Fromm's his guy, it's expected. But he did say he wanted to work on hand placement. That was something that also came up in other offensive linemen, just what they were telling us that they kind of wanted to work on, especially when you go from a power kind of scheme to an outside zone. That's a big kind of takeaway that you want to work on is your hand placement when you're running those kind of plays. Yeah, it seems like that's a big coaching point right now for the NFL. Just kind of letting these you know kids know, like, hey, that's one of your top priorities now. And you know, hand placement in the NFL can be the difference of you know winning that key block and you know or losing holding. the or holding. Yeah, as we know with Charles Leno Jr., it's all about the hand placement. Uh, I have one more offensive lineman, and Nick, I know you may have another one as well, but Austin Jackson, the tackle out of USC, uh, he hasn't met with the Bears. Uh, This is someone I just wanted to kind of listen in on just in case the Bears wanted to use a second-round pick Mm -hmm. on an offensive lineman, and uh, of course, Jackson would have to kind of slide a little bit. He's projected to go anywhere in the first to early second round. And really the biggest takeaway was just kind of hearing his story about his sister who I forgot the name of the exact disease that she had, but uh, her body in short couldn't produce any red blood cells. So he went ahead and had a bone marrow transplant, uh, which has gotten her to get healthy. I mean, obviously this shows that he's unselfish, but also I think anyone, hopefully anyone in that kind of situation with their family would do so, uh, you know the same exact thing. But getting back to football when it comes to Jackson, you know, he said prep for him is everything. He's the hardest worker. He understands its importance of hard work and pre- uh, preparation for each and every game. And he can play any tackle spot, um, but he did say that left tackle is kind of where his muscle memory is. And uh, it's kind of hard listening to Jackson, not just him, but like how the questions. It seemed like it took for a long time uh, to get to any sort of football. They were talking about his grandpa who played in Green Bay, asked would he like to be a Packer and following his grandpa's footsteps. And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And then talked about how great it would be to play for Aaron Rodgers. And well, I had to step away uh, after hearing some of that as well. But Nick, how about you? Any other offensive linemen that you wanted to kind of highlight today? Yeah, so I have uh, two here. I'll get to um, Charlie Heck from UNC. Got a chance to talk to him for a little bit. And obviously, being at UNC, he did uh, play on the same team as Mitchell Trubisky, and the Bears did meet him with him. Redshirt senior, played mostly left tackle in 2019, and then in 2018 played right tackle, showing that versatility at the position. But um, what he was just kind of saying about Mitch Trubisky, even though he was a freshman at the time, he said he was just an unbelievable leader. Uh, he said he was the best leader that he's ever had at UNC and you know I think it speaks volumes to Mitch and that's always been something that has been a positive with him um that's never been in question but I thought those were you know high praise for for Mitch Trubisky and like I said the Bears did meet with him so um and given the size at 68309 just a large human being and I mean all these offensive linemen are uh, as they're passing by well I'm like that's another large you know human being but I mean it's just crazy to see him up close in person and then the next uh, offensive lineman I want to highlight here is Logan Stenberg, left guard out of Kentucky. Uh, he has this reputation for playing nasty. He's got that reputation. A lot of uh, opponents will um, really talk about that when they play him. And for him, he's, um, I think, a guy that when you look at what the Bears have on their offensive line, they're kind of... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep 
all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. I'm missing that that nasty kind of player that can just get after you and um, just dominate with his physical presence. And then it was kind of funny. Um, he was saying that the questions here at the NFL Combine are pretty or a little bit more straightforward. They're not as, I guess, creative as the ones that were being asked at the Senior Bowl because they're just trying to get to know the person. Uh, and then he said that one of the questions they asked him was like, what's your favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? And then, of course, one of the one of the media members like, so what is your favorite flavor pop tart? Chocolate fudge, which I think is a great flavor. I haven't had pop tarts in like years, but um, just one last thing: he did hurt his AC joint during the Senior Bowl. So the only thing that he's not going to do at the combine, he's not going to bench, but he should be full go for everything else. Great. Anything in terms of the soundbite you wanted me to cue up here for you? Any leading into it? Um, so just with the soundbite that you're about to hear with these offensive linemen, I think it's always nice to hear if they've ever had any other background playing any different sports. Kind of just shows the, the one, the versatility, flexibility, and then the overall athleticism. So you'll be able to hear what um, Logan had to say in the soundbite. Logan, what's your background? What other sports did you play growing up? Is it always football? Yes, yeah, so I grew up with baseball, football, and basketball. And then uh, when I got to high school, dropped uh, baseball and basketball, stuck to football. Ended up picking uh, up shot putting disc junior and senior year of high school. Um, other than that, it was football. Baseball's first base pitcher and catcher. Yeah, the typical big guy position. <laughs> Last thing Will forgot to mention, and I know I've tweeted this out, but he does have a formal meeting with the Bears tomorrow, and I think that's significant because what the NFL Combine has done this year, they've kind of cut down on the number of formal meetings you can have. So if you're being scheduled for a formal meeting, I think it's just a little – it's obviously a little bit more significant than an informal one because you only have such a limited amount of these uh, for this year's NFL Combine. Exactly. You have to make you know the most of the limited resources that you have, but obviously you can still probably learn a lot about a player during the informal you know interviews as well, at least touching base and learning a little bit more about them. When it comes to these offensive linemen prospects we just talked about, do you have any, again, it's only February, free agency will change everything we're about to say, but do you have any early front runners based off of this list or anyone else that we didn't get to listen to today that you wouldn't mind the Bears drafting or can envision them drafting a little bit? You know what, I think, uh, and I wasn't uh, there for it, but hearing about Matt uh, Hennessy, I believe, he's a guy, again, that can move around pretty well and wanting to get up to, you know, the second level. That's just something that I think the Bears obviously would want. And then Logan Stenberger from uh, Kentucky. I just like the nastiness. I, I like guys that have that little edge to them and because the Bears just kind of need that right now. So those would be my two front runners from the people we talked to. Yeah, I think for me, Hennessy's my top uh, because I think he really would fit well in this offensive guard. I think he has the athleticism to do so. I think the Bears are comfortable with Cody White here at center. I believe that's what uh, Pace said yesterday as well. Don't think this will be another guy who does have center experience that comes in and is able to, of course, bump in and move Whitehair out. Don't think they want to go that route again. But what would excite me about the fact is you would have James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, and then Hennessy, and all three of which were starting collegiate centers. So imagine like the brain power that you have there in that interior offensive line on top of the athleticism and you know the overall power. I think uh, with Hennessy being a more refined prospect, someone that is very strong in his technique, you know, wouldn't take a ton of coaching to get him ready. 
and I, he's really smart. I think that would be an excellent pickup if the Bears can find a way to get him in the third round if he's still available there. But that's definitely my early candidate. But I think on top of that, my biggest takeaway is it def- definitely feels like the Bears are doing their homework on offensive linemen, which I think we all know they should. Yeah, as they should because uh, I, we all know that right guard position is a need and even the tackle position for depth uh, for maybe the possibly in the next year. So the Bears need to be doing their homework because that was a terrible group last year in 2019. Terrible is a pretty strong word, but a very accurate word as well, Nick. But let's go ahead. Let's transition to running back, which was the other position group we had. Only two kind of groups came through, and there's only two of us. We weren't able to really get around to all of them. And obviously, you know my standpoint where I think the Bears need to be looking at running backs in this draft class. I think, again, when they missed out on two last year, losing, well, Mike Davis lost himself. (laughs) But, you know, he didn't work out, and then Kareth White got uh, poached off the practice squad. I do feel like the Bears would be remiss if they didn't at least address this position again to find that third guy on this roster. And again, Tariq Cohen is entering a contract year, so you never know if he's going to be sticking around or not. But uh, starting with running backs, I'm going to hand it over to you because this was a tough one, uh, I know, for both of us today. So I'm going to pass the plate a little bit. Yeah, so one of the running backs I got a chance to talk to was Darius Jet Anderson. And the the nickname Jet was actually given to uh, him by his friend who actually passed away. So he wanted to keep that in you know memory of him. I kind of heard that conversation as I was just walking, or I was actually right next to him uh, listening to the other prospect. But uh, he compares himself to Christian McCaffrey at five foot 212 pounds. He also thinks, even though he is a running back, he said he can play the slot just as well so again showing that versatility and in terms of routes I asked him like what what kind of routes do you like to run what seems best for your your kind of playing style say he loves to run the wheel route and his favorite is the option route which I think you know now in the NFL that's just something that every most running back should be able to run but again he wants to showcase his route running ability at this NFL combine to kind of raise his draft status but that's I think the kind of back that you can look into for the Bears someone who's just maybe like a bigger version than Tariq Cohen you can go that route or maybe get a power back but I think it would add some elements to this offense because it gets a little bit too predictable with how Matt Nagy was using his running backs last season but yeah Darius Jed Anderson from TCU that's a running back that um, maybe could be a possibility for the Bears. I think every back is maybe a possibility for there. Maybe not every back, but probably the backs that we'll talk about here today. Uh, I'll start small and kind of work my way up here a little bit. But uh, Raymond, and I apologize if I mispronounced his last name, but Callis, a running back out of Louisiana Lafayette, a Asian Cajun. I think he's someone that could be a seventh round flyer or maybe someone that they're kind of looking into uh, as an undrafted free agent. I don't think, uh, I know the Bears haven't met with him. But I think the Bears should be looking into him. Why? Well, he's smaller. He's 5'8", 188. And you're like, well, why do we need another small running back? And I'm going to mention Tariq Cohen contract year. You never know. I feel like Kareth White was really supposed to be that eventual replacement for Tariq Cohen, or at least maybe that was the intended end goal. And we weren't able to see that kind of come to fruition. Um, but even though he's a smaller back, he does love to run between the tackles. He's not shy uh, with contact. And he says that he has that track speed uh, this week, he doesn't want to run the fastest 40 of a running back at the Combine, so we'll see if that kind of comes true as well. I'm excited to watch him run that here later on this week. Uh, he also has experience as a kick returner and a punt returner. And like I said, if they want to maybe try to get that future Cohen replacement uh, underway that Kareth White may have been, uh, this may just be an interesting look. But going into maybe more 
realistic works. I was going to try to, I'm trying to think of like, you know, valuable options okay. that they can look in and draft as well. Um, like Eno Benjamin running back of Arizona state. Uh, he's like a third round talent right now. Uh, we were able to catch kind of part of his interview. Um, but we did notice how smart this guy is yeah. very astute. Uh, something he mentioned that he did want to go ahead and graduate before going pro, uh, took it upon himself to take 18 credit hours, one semester, 21 credit hours, a different semester on top of already doing, you know, a football program, which takes up all of your time when you're in school as well. But on top of being a student and one that's graduated, he's also a student of the game, really likes zone schemes, reading the blocking schemes. He mentioned uh, spending a lot of time in the offensive lineman room. Uh, that way he understands their job and kind of utilizes that uh, to his advantage. He knows the backup plan inside of a zone kind of scheme where, you know, if this isn't working, well, I know I can do A, B, you know, I can do B, C, or D after the fact. And I think uh, he was interesting in that regard. Don't know too much more about him right now. I was kind of waiting for uh, Zach Moss to kind of get up to the podium. So we're just kind of waiting for it. Um, but while we were waiting, uh, Eno Benjamin, that running back of Arizona State, really kind of stood out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Just just hearing him speak, you can just tell he's just a very intelligent individual. And you, you highlighted it. Someone asked him, do you want, do you like running outside or inside? He's like, I like running inside because I know what my, my offensive linemen are doing. Just knowing the details that it takes to understand what an inside zone scheme would look like and how to find and approach each, you know, hole that these offensive linemen are creating. So that was, um, you know, great to hear from um, Benjamin. And also he said his biggest attribute or his catching ability is his best attribute. So, again, providing that versatility at five foot ten, two 201 pounds, it's a guy that maybe, going back to the word that we used, realistic option for the Bears. A word that I couldn't come up with in my brain. Maybe I'm the one that deserves a nap after this podcast, Nick. But moving down my list, the next one up here is Zach Moss out of Utah. He's projected to go anywhere in the second to fourth round, but he's known for being a bruiser between the tackles. He wants to prove uh, in the next level, what he can do in space. He didn't think he was had the best opportunity to do so in college, and he believes there's a little bit more of his game that he can kind of display here in the NFL. And when I ask what makes him so hard to bring down, he mentioned his low center of gravity. He really does pride himself on being a dominant physical runner, and he said he likes to punish the defender, uh, which if he can do that the first time, that way when he carries the rock the second time, it gets him what he called a business decision, uh, whether to try to go in for that tackle or probably save their body and just stay away, which I really liked that answer. And I know I got a chuckle out of the room, you know, maybe next time they make a smarter business decision just to stay out of my way. And that's the kind of running back I would love to have in this rotation. I know he compared himself to a Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he has a lot of uh, his success. He credits to a combination of his instincts and just a lot of hard work. Uh, he also, just like all the other running backs, it felt like kind of built up their desire to be in a you know zone scheme, whether it be an inside or an outside zone. I think zone uh, schemes, which I believe gives running backs you know more opportunities and more options inside of where they go, mm-hmm. is something that's starting to catch on, at least with some of these younger backs coming into the league. But Zach Moss, someone who can run over defenders, loves to be a punisher, I think that would be an interesting fit. If they can find a way to get him in you know the third or fourth round, if they need, wanted to bolster up that backfield, that would really change the dynamic. You know, you have a David Montgomery who can make people miss, but then you bring in a Zach Moss who will just run you over. That would be a scary combination. And, of course, we know what Tariq Cohen can do with his ability, his agility, and his speed. So all three would bring something different to the table. And I know we have Ryan Nall, who's that, quote, power back, but nothing like what Zach Moss would do in terms of his overall physicality. 
Yeah, and uh, it was funny hearing him just speak because the, he always mentioned the physical, the physicality he brings when he's running the football. He actually said that his opponents that he didn't know what game it was, but they actually gave him or not like a nickname, but they said they called him like Cold Tub because that's where you kind of end up afterwards after playing a Zach Moss. So he kind of just again just you, he makes his presence felt. And that's something that the Bears right now at the running back position are kind of just missing. And he said Mar- um, Marshawn Lynch was someone that he kind of sees himself in. He also has watched a lot of tape on Frank Gore, mm-hmm. someone that he thinks that he also you know plays like. But that's a guy that if the opponents are respecting him, that's how you know that you're doing your job well and you're just, again, laying down that physical presence. So Zach Moss... 5'10", 222 pounds. He has a size to really lay down the boom. And then, of course, we know Matt Nagy loves boom. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great, uh, you know, match right there between the two. But, Nick, anything else on these running backs or just today in general? Like I said, on the top of the show, a much more low-key, relaxed atmosphere had to combine. But I have a feeling it's picking up tomorrow when you have defensive line and linebackers, practically the entire front seven, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to talk to, and I am excited to look into some of these prospects. We all know the Bears need some help at edge. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised they're looking at for additional depth, uh, the defensive line as well. But I'm expecting things to pick up tomorrow. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. It was nice kind of having a laid-back day. Still, you know, a working working day, obviously, here at the NFL Scouting Combine. But, yeah, we'll be right back at it with what should be another busy day for day three. And, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I, I catch up on some kind of sleep here. I think I'm going on like seven hours, so. In two days. In two days, yeah. Not not just one day, two days. But, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, though. We're, we're trying to provide the best coverage, and I think we're doing a pretty damn good job at it, Will. Yeah, I mean, besides a few brain just totally escapes today, what's going on, going on but, I mean, just long days and the carpet's pretty obnoxious, and <laughs> it's uh, it's all, it's fun. It really is fun, but uh, like I said, keep a lookout for the next update tomorrow on the defensive front seven, defensive line, linebackers. We'll make sure to get some good nuggets from those prospects as well. In the meantime, I do want to say thanks to Sweetness Fan 34 and Rickman 876 for your reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't yet, though, please take a moment to rate and review the show to help us reach our goal of 600 by training camp and on top of that every time you rate or review our show or just share it word of mouth you really do help us out we're not backed by a major media entity unlike most people who are actually here at the combine right now Uh, we don't have any marketing dollars to kind of get the word out so if you know any other bears fans please let them know about this show we really do appreciate it but nick we just have a couple of hours then we're off to harry and izzy's for some of the finest food in downtown indianapolis are you ready I cannot wait. I am starving right now. <laughs> I figured you were. You kind of skipped on lunch right before we got over to this podcast. I should have probably put the microphone to your stomach. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll definitely hear some grumbling down there. So just a couple hours. We'll be fed, and then Nick will hopefully go get some sleep. But all right, I'm going to call this an episode. We're going to go ahead and begin preparations for it tomorrow, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Thank you for tuning in. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring 
then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.